Hey, it's the Weather Channel podcast. We're still cooped up. We're still on quarantine. We're going to bring in some more people this time. Last time it was me and Linda. My name's Ari. I'm a meteorologist at the Weather Channel. Linda Lamb is also a meteorologist at the Weather Channel. And we're bringing in Eric Zirkel today. And he's the managing editor of weather.com and the Weather Channel app. What what are you the managing editor of, Eric? I mean, it's in control of a lot of stuff. I'm the managing editor of uh, the whole team, but uh, I, I do a lot with audience and what everyone's clicking on. And I manage uh, people who are a lot smarter than me at figuring that out. Okay. I'm actually really fascinated to have you on the show because there are a lot of, uh, a lot of people who kind of wonder how things work behind the scenes, who are, who, who are making which decisions as far as what goes on the website, what the headlines are, how do we sell stuff? How many clicks do we need? Basically all that kind of stuff. So we'll get into that in a minute. First of all, I just want to check up on everybody. How's everybody doing during the quarantine? We, we, I talked with Linda last time. Linda and her husband are totally on the rocks. Me and Grace are on the rocks. <laughs> Things are brutal. How about, how about you and Alex, Eric? She was on the Peloton today, and she was doing a Kesha class, and that was quite loud. So, you know, having a meeting while listening to Kesha is, is a lot to do. Yeah, and I've got my daughter around now. So, you know, look, I, I've tried to set this up as well as possible uh, right before we started, as you guys know, uh, my dogs were howling outside. My kid was getting them all riled up. And I've just decided, you know what? Forget it. Whatever happens during this podcast happens. If if Zara walks in, we'll bring her in. We'll say hello. Same goes. Linda, how are things going at your house right now? Uh, right now, they, my son and husband are downstairs having lunch. So hopefully that should minimize any uh, background noise. But, you know, with little kids, you just never know what they're going to do. Big shout out, by the way. To my girlfriend, Grace, whose due date is tomorrow. She's pregnant with another little girl that I'm going to have. So she's an amazing stepmom to Zara. And she's like, they've been doing a lot of fun stuff together all day. She's she's a super all-star. Okay. What are we going to talk about today, guys? I'm thinking I want to hit on this Northeast system. What a weird system, Linda. It, it kind of like yeah. was going out to sea. It looked like it was going to be way out to sea. And then all of a sudden models started to show that it was going to regress back toward the coast. And they're getting some big old waves uh, on the coast of parts of the Northeast right now. They have, and they've seen some coastal flooding. You know, typically, you know, there's areas that are more prone to that. So it's mostly those areas. And we've seen gusts over 40 miles per hour in parts of Nantucket and Martha's Vineyard. So not a crazy uh, storm, but definitely uh, one that, you know, we really haven't seen much of, especially recently this past winter. Yeah, the uh, Northeast has been just completely dead this winter, it seems yeah. like. D.C., did they even get any snowstorms? Uh, they Well, they didn't even get an inch of snow. So that really, you know, both Philadelphia and D.C. didn't even see an inch. Um, and it's been two years since we've seen a really impactful Northeast snowstorm. So that's kind of crazy when you think about it, uh, especially yeah, but, since we had a period there that was really busy. Yeah, I was going to say, but the last time we had Northeast snowstorms, it was like four in a row, right? Right. So I guess, you know, it all, it kind of averages out over time, but it just is one of those kind of strange situations where we just did not have the um, upper level pattern that was favorable for some big storms. So kind of interesting that we did get at least something uh in april uh no snow <laughs> let's take let's take something like this northeast system let's bring in eric so the way things work behind the scenes is the meteorologists will come up with a lot of ideas about what are stories that we should cover because you know it's one thing when you're in local news say you're a local meteorologist in atlanta all you care about is atlanta that's what you're covering nonstop. when you're covering global weather there are a lot of different stories going on you have to basically decide 
which ones are the most important or which ones are the most people going to care about. And so it's kind of a mixture of what the meteorologists think and then what people like Eric, who are managing editors, think where it, it's kind of, I don't know, maybe you can jump in into it a little bit more, Eric, and kind of explain this to me. How do you guys decide how to cover stuff and which things to cover? You know, I think for a storm like this, you know, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, I listen to you guys a lot. So where it's not like super impactful and in, in, in parts of the Northeast other than like coastal Massachusetts. It's uh, one of those situations where, well, if, if, is it locally Im- impactful enough where like there would be serious uh, damage or something along those lines or sort of a cape scraper, as you guys like to call them occasionally? Or is it something that's really just like fascinating to look at? And I think from my perspective, I think what we we started talking about it because there was sort of a, a could it or will it become sub subtropical, which would maybe get it a name, which everybody, I think, in, in the the nation, if they see like, oh, there's some name storm, they're like, what is that about? And so like people would come, you know, search for that. Uh, so that's sort of what the first thing was. That doesn't seem as likely. Am I, am I right about that? I think I would uh, tend to agree with you on that. And by the way, what did you what did you call that storm again? You said uh, a cape scraper. A cape scraper. I got to tell you, I've, heard that I've never heard that term before, but I really like it. It really just accurately describes what's going on with the storm. Yeah, I don't know where I heard that from. Probably one of the Met, <laughs> probably one of the Mets here. By the way, Met is short for meteorologist. You know, obviously this northeast system, it's become kind of a big deal for a lot of people by by northeast nor'easter standards. I suppose it could be a lot worse. Obviously, I mean, I'm looking at it right now and the center of the storm is what? It's like 100 miles off the coast. So, I mean, this is a straight up legit nor'easter. How would you rank it? Linda, like, what do you think about this storm? Well, I will say it's a beautiful storm to look on satellites. Yes, That's is. one of the most interesting parts for me. But yeah, as far as impacts, it's definitely pretty low ranking there since a lot of the area isn't even really seeing any impacts. But so, like I said, it's kind of cool, especially the subtropical aspect of it, if it could do that, although that chance looks to be on the lower side as well. But still, I think an interesting system nonetheless. Yeah, I think that that was sort of the uh, the the first thought was, could it be subtropical or something that people would be like, oh, wow, the NHC or is paying attention to this? What does that mean? Um, there's a little bit of just like curiosity there. And then when that kind of has become a little bit less likely, we've been watching it. And then it was just like so pretty to look at. And I think, you know, we're doing an audio thing here. But if you imagine like a like a swirly bunch of clouds, you know, they have awesome s- satellites now. People just want visual things on the site. And so like, you know, we're looking at that. We're putting like, you know, I'm a GIF person, not a GIF person, but we put GIFs of like the storm swirling off the coast. It's just like awe-inspiring and people like to click on that kind of stuff and see what that's all about. This is going to kind of lead me into the next thing I want to talk about, which is the good old Hurricane Outlook, Colorado State University. They came out with their annual Hurricane Outlook. Uh, What was it? I think it was yesterday. We're recording this on Friday. It was on Thursday. Okay. You know what, Linda, I heard you unmute. So I'm just going to let everybody get their thoughts out on that. And then I'll interject mine. Well, I'll say first, it's kind of funny to start talking about hurricanes already in early April, but Colorado State University, they do put out their, what they expect the hurricane season to be. And they issued their outlook uh, yesterday and they take a number of all sorts of data into it. And they kind of compare to other seasons. Uh, so we c- can kind of get a flavor, maybe what to expect. And they've added some new f- compare new data into the system this year, new analytics. So it'll be interesting to see how this forecast compares because a lot of times in the spring, your predictability is a bit lower um, as far as looking out uh, that far. But I mean, 
it's they they don't always have the best track record early any of the outlooks early in the spring um as you get closer towards hurricane season like towards june those outlooks tend to be a bit more accurate but you know i always find them interesting i kind of seeing what the current data is predicting um and what the models are suggesting could occur especially during the peak of hurricane season and and honestly if for me if it starts people thinking about hurricane season and what they're going to do if they are impacted impacted by a hurricane then then it's it's a good thing you know from that perspective fair enough yeah i mean what do you think ari what is your thoughts well let me i want to hear what eric thinks first because because this is really important to take into consideration because as you're probably guessing this is like a forecast that i really don't like uh but it does (laughs) tend to it 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 tends it clicks like crazy. people love this forecast and it's just crazy when it comes out all the news organizations are just like okay we we got to get this out really quick uh why do people like this thing so much eric you know, uh, hurricane season is uh, the Weather Channel's bread and butter in terms of covering and keeping keep people safe. And all the things that Linda said about prepping are true. But yeah, I mean, any like, listen, I'm the resident Floridian in this room. So I grew up with it. And, you know, any but any information you can get right now about what to expect, like I got about seven text messages. Well, actually, it was a terrible family group thread, which you guys have probably all been a part of. <laughs> which there are a lot yes, of right indeed. now in these times. <laughs> but uh, they were like, oh, great. You know, we're dealing with this uh, pandemic. And then they're like, and there's going to be an active hurricane season. And then like, I'm not a Met, but I'm like, uh, what? I, I feel like I've been knighted by you all. So, and, and it comes with working at the place. So they were like, hey, what, what's going on here, Eric? Which is maybe why you don't like them, Ari. Yeah, I think that the boss, <laughs> I mean, it could it could play into it a little bit. I think the main reason that I don't like the forecast is um, actually because of what Linda just said. Like, she just said the main reason. She said, if it gets people starting to think about it, then I'm okay with it. And in my mind, I'm like, but I feel like this forecast doesn't matter because... Here's the here's the deal with the hurricane forecast. It tells us how many how many hurricanes are going to form or how many tropical systems, how many of those will be hurricanes and then how many of those will be major hurricanes as Linda said. My argument is that's information that just doesn't matter to anybody. Like it doesn't have any any use or value. I mean, maybe a little bit for like people that are investing in futures or that kind of stuff, but you can have a season where you have 40 hurricanes. Let's say that happens, but all of them stay out to sea. Even if there's like 10 of them that are major hurricanes, none of them touch the U.S. Nobody cares about that hurricane season. But you can also have a hurricane season where you only have two hurricanes, but one of them happens to be a strong one, and it hits Miami directly. So can I ask please you a do, question? Please do, because so, I'm very open-minded, by the way. Yeah, well, I guess the thing that I, you know, I, I try to understand, and you know, Linda talked about how much stuff goes into one of these outlooks, and it's like, for the layperson, a bit mind numbing. Yeah. <laughs> the amount of, you know, I did a story on atmospheric rivers and they were like talking about how the atmosphere moves and like fluidity and like physics. And yeah, I was too like, much. I do too words. Much. Um, <laughs> the, um, is it not true that if you have more of them, you have a greater chance of having one that could hit because there's more chances? Like if you only have four storms, like, you know, w- wasn't that less of a chance? It's like if you put, 10 bet 10 bets down at Vegas you have a higher chance or higher probability of having one that hits yes that is actually correct that is actually correct but the other point I would make and yes that is a very good point but the other point I would make is that you know you don't really see huge variabilities in this forecast it's not like these like the numbers change so little and they're always so close to average and by the way let me just make this super clear I have a ton of respect for the people that make these forecasts because they 
they put a lot of work into them and they've gotten a lot better over the years. And like, I love all the people that do the forecasting. They're great meteorologists. I have no problem with any of that. I'm just kind of saying at the end of the day, eh, what, what if we just said, Hey, it's going to be hurricane season. Everybody start to get ready. Don't forget about this rather than here's the forecast for hurricanes, which it always comes kind of close to, to some degree every year. The interesting thing too about the CSU forecast is they also do give a percentage chance of impacting uh, the U.S. as well. So it's not just a straight up number of storms. And even f- with this forecast this year, they're predicting a above average chance of storms potentially uh, making landfall. But you know, in that outlook, and we always make sure to explain it really only takes one. So you're absolutely right about that. You know, it's it's not useful. I mean, we've had busy seasons where all of them were fish storms. None of them came close to land. So you just never, you never really know. But I think people get excited about, you know, the numbers. And I don't know if it's because they're afraid of them or they want to prepare or if it's just a fascination with hurricanes in general, kind of like with others with tornado season. I don't know. All right. You guys have swayed well, me a little bit. Can Keep I ask going. you Keep another going, question? Can I, can I ask Please you another do. one? Let me, let me ask you. So why... Okay, so you know, peak of hurricane season starts August, like late August into September, right? And it's April now. Is this like to go back to politics? Is this like Iowa trying to be the first <laughs> primary, or like why in why are they issuing this now in April if it's like we, you know, there's all these limits to what we can do at this point? Yeah, and I, I would actually totally agree with that because, you know, I'm not a huge fan of long term forecasting in general. It can be, I think it's a fun thing to do for meteorologists. And I think as people who are fascinated with weather, we do kind of tend to cling on to them a little bit. Heck, we were talking about this in the last the, the last podcast that we did, that we did a survey of what do people want to hear about the most in our podcast. And the number one thing was long-term forecasting. So if there's one thing I've learned in life, if I feel one way about something and there are a lot of other people that outnumber me that feel another way about something, there's probably something to it. So I will definitely concede that. I don't know, just the whole thing. Yeah, Like you said, it's April right now. And the forecasts get exponentially better as we get closer to things that are actually going to happen. So let's take mm-hmm. hurricane season, for instance. And you see this with Colorado State. They will tend to update their forecast as we get closer and as we're getting a little bit through the season. So say they forecasted a really active season. We get like a month into the season and things are not so active. So they'll uh, knock off a couple of numbers on each of the things. And to me, I'm just like, what What was the point of even putting that out in April? Like, why don't we throw this out in you know, even even just a month later, May or 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 June, uh, I guess they could they could already start to have tropical systems at that point. What do you think, Linda? Yeah, no, those are very valid points. I agree. It is it is tricky, and I, I do think, and they are very well aware that there are limitations in April, and one of those limitations has to do with forecasting whether or not El Nino or La Nina or it will be a neutral conditions will. It's kind of be a big factor. In- and yeah, exactly. And that in, is known to have what is called the spring predictability predictability barrier at this time of year. So looking forward to what we expect uh, to happen at the peak of hurricane season is very limiting in that fact. Um, and that has, you know, definitely influenced past year's uh, forecasts. So, I mean, eh, yeah, it's definitely one of those, you, you know, question marks, like, should we be getting all excited about it this early? Or, you know, I mean, Hurricane season doesn't even really officially start for almost two more months. So would it be better to just wait until 
early to mid-May to issue your first one, which might increase your accuracy. Um, I think there's probably an argument for that. But like you mentioned with the survey, lots of people want to know long range, like they want to have an idea. So hopefully as our forecasting gets better, we'll be better able to predict hurricane season in April. But there is definitely limitations. And as I guess it's okay to put out outlooks as long as you explain that. And, and this one does. So as, as long as the t- people realize what kind of data is more certain or less certain, that's, that's a good piece of it there. Fair enough. It sounds like there's a lot of people planning on being in boats a couple months out. That's what it sounds like to me. <laughs> <laughs> but you guys, the whole reason that you guys issue them is because then I can get texts like this from my grandma. Of course, they always change it. So they are always right, just like some unnamed person. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, here's the funny thing. I literally just watched that Curb Your Enthusiasm episode last night. I was so excited when it came on. The one with the weatherman, y'all know what I'm talking about? No. No, I don't know There's an episode where he's watching the weatherman in LA, okay? This was like back in 2003 when this was filmed. The weatherman says, oh, it's going to be rain all day tomorrow. Sorry for all you golfers, whatever. So then- Larry David, the main character, he goes to the golf course the next day. It's completely sunny. And he thinks that the weatherman is making this forecast of all rain so that he can clear the golf course for himself, right? And he goes up, <laughs> he goes there and makes a scene and confronts him and everything. It's pretty, pretty funny. And I'm going to have to post that in Slack now because nobody that works at the Weather Channel yeah, should have not no, seen that. <laughs> all right, guys. I want to do another one of these with Eric about uh, the coronavirus stuff. And uh, honestly, we're just kind of messing around with stuff. We're bringing in different people from uh, different parts of the office. And we want to get different aspects of like how the whole thing works kind of behind the scenes. And Linda, thanks for hanging out again. We'll do this again soon. My pleasure. Uh, We'll see you all back here next time. 